What's going on, sports fans? Back at you again. You already know. Once again, Raw Wears Podcast. LJ from Houston. And it's the start of the NBA season. So, wanted to get some topics out. Talk about my Rockets. You know, I'm looking for them to probably be the number two seed behind the Clippers. I just think the Clippers are too strong defensively. Uh, they're very athletic. They're young. They're deep. And Doc Rivers is a hell of a coach. So, I can see them taking that number one seed this year the Western Conference. Um, but I had the chance to chop it up with two of the closest of my friends of mine. Uh, I had Roisin from AZ. We talked about the NBA. We also talked about his Cardinals. You know, Arizona Cardinals have been doing good. Kyler Murray, they're on like a three-game winning streak right now. So I just talked to him about the state of his team from last year, considering they were the worst team in the NFL, and talked a little bit about the NBA. And I also had Chris from LA, uh, one of the frequent callers on Stephen A with me. And we, we chopped it up about the Lakers and the Clippers, too, and uh, the state of mind in L.A. and uh, far as the NBA. So check out my conversations today. Just wanted you to give me your, you know, as far as Sunday, what did you see different? How do you see things different coming together for the Cardinals season? Well, I think it showed the growth in other areas that people thought weren't going to get better. One be the offensive line. They were able to come together as a unit for three weeks in a row and really protect Kyler Murray, protect the football, and produce a run game two to three weeks in a row that's in the top of the NFL right now. And I feel like that's something to hang our hat on. Something that we should be able to go, look, we might not be a great pass-protecting team, but it looks like we're a decent road-blocking team, a road-running team, especially with the back like Chase Evans, who gets the hole strong. Going forward with the healthy David Johnson and Chase Evans, I feel like that'll be a strength of this team with that they can rely on when they're, for sure when they get a lead and when they're in games and they need to move the chains a little bit instead of trying to always rely heavily on Kyler Murray's arm, which I still think is a bonus and a plus for this team. Kyler Murray is a dual threat quarterback that gives, that really opens up the rest of their offense right now because they don't have a lot of weapons out there. And when you factor in Kyler Murray with Chase Evans and David Johnson, I feel like that's a formidable rushing attack that the rest of the league would have to take notice on and actually put people down in the box to protect against that. And it should open up the rest of the passing offense for the Cardinals, which is a good offense without even a number one receiver. A good passing attack without even a number one receiver. Um, I think the addition of Patrick Peterson puts everybody back in their natural position. That being said, we're still lacking games uh, uh, playmakers on that side of the ball. I like that. I like where Buda Baker, how Buda Baker played in his natural position on on Sunday. He was making plays. I like Papi, how they were utilizing him on defense, and that's going to have to be more because they're going to have to rely on the few playmakers that they have to make the plays that they need in games to win. They're going to be a thin, don't break defense because people are going to be able to move the ball against them, but they have to be able to, they're going to be tested to make plays to stop the other team. Strip that, that, uh, a good red zone defense will help them become a better, complete team to be able to stay within games. If that doesn't happen, then they're still going to be in a lot of shootouts and they'll probably lose most of them because they're a young team coached by a young coach or first-year coach who I haven't mentioned him and I think he... You have to give this dude kudos. He's not coming in here bravado, saying that my way, my way only, and we're going to do everything my way. All of a sudden, we're seeing a lot of uh, 12 and 13 personnel in these packages. 
And I've been saying that to you the last couple of weeks, the tight end packages, the heavy tight end packages help them protect, it, uh, protect their backfield better. And it also adds wrinkles to their passing game that you didn't see them utilizing college. So again, it's the blend of the college game with the professional game that makes them a potent team, not one way over the other, because he's trying to utilize the, uh, the player strengths that he has, i.e. Tyler Murray, with some of the stuff that he already does well, and pushing to, uh, and after, uh, adding NFL-ready offense to that to help other players on the team, the off, i.e. the offensive line. So I'm just, I think it's been good. They're 3-3-1. It's kind of what I wanted to see. Some growth. We're already in our last year's total win. So if we can seek out two, maybe three more victories, that's a, that's a positive year for me this year. And injuries are still part of the game. We're going through it right now. Other teams are going to go through it. So matchups that look daunting earlier in the season might not look as daunting by the time we get to them. The Browns game is looking as daunting when we get to at home in December. That's not looking as bad as it did before. So I'm just saying, there's going to be chances for us to seek out some more victories, get closer to what I was talking about at the beginning of the year, if they could stay, stay on this course and on this path. But as we know, the NFL is a long, bumpy road of a season. So things can take, things can happen to challenge us. And it's going to be how we respond to those. And we'll see what they do. I mean, injuries are part of the game. So they might get, endure more injuries just like everyone else. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I definitely could see a difference in our offense. Like I was telling you once before, you're averaging seven points more than you did last year. So that's an increase in, in itself. Um, as far as the run game, I, I think y'all are controlling the time of possession with the run because you had 38 attempts last week, you know, so pretty much pounding the ball, um, you know, pounding that Giants defense and not letting Kyler Murray make too many, you know, decisions to where he get himself in trouble. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I can understand what y'all trying to do. The weather dictated that too. It was a rainy, rainy day. And even though um, it's protecting Kyler Murray, but it was protecting Kyler Murray in a, in a, in a, in a harsh environment in New York on a rainy day. So, I mean, I think that once they saw they couldn't do what they wanted to do through the air, they, they went heavy off run, run attack. I still question some of the play calls down, especially in the third quarter when they let the Giants get back in the game. They could have been more aggressive. I feel like one of the negatives you could say about them is when they do get a lead, they, the play calling gets lax. It doesn't stay aggressive. It needs to stay aggressive in how they got the lead instead of getting lax and starting to play, play to protect the lead. And I think that's a mistake on uh, you can clearly see it in his play calling when when he's calling the game. They don't they're not as, as aggressive. Early in the game they're going for it on fourth down. Late in the third quarter they're, you know, on third and eight, they're calling draws up the middle and stuff. You know what I mean? You gotta be more aggressive than that still try to win a game. So um, I think if they if, if he can get better at that, that would go well for them going forward well going forward. Well I do know two key stats that I, you know, looking at y'all for as four giveaways, that's first in the NFL. So y'all don't turn the ball over at all, which is great. Protect the ball very well. So you don't cost yourself in a lot of situations. And um, 49 sacks on the year, you know, that's fifth in the NFL. So Chandler Jones, you know, a couple of your defensive players, you know, getting sacked, getting pressure on the quarterback can, call, can, can result into turnovers. So I think if y'all can 
get some turnovers and turn those into points because like I said, your red zone offense is still bottom of the league. I think you were 0 for 2 on New uh, Sunday as well. So that that really needs to improve because you can move the ball. Y'all can get down the field. It's just all about converting in those red zone opportunities. Agree. I agree. And I feel like that's part of the part of the maturation of not only of the team but of the the play caller and the teamster. I feel like he's still learning the game. A lot. I listen to um, sports casting down in AZ, and they have Mark Slaricon all the time out there, at least once a week on one of their shows. And he was saying how he was talking to Sean Kugler, the offensive line coach of the Arizona Cardinals, and how he had to sit down with Cliff Kingsbury and say, "Look, man, I love all these lines going all over the place on your on your playbook, but look at your protection scheme when you look when you're doing that." You're leaving people vulnerable, and we got to do something different with that. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the 12, 13 personnel. He was like, hey, man, if you want to do some stuff, let's start putting these guys in the field to help us out in those areas instead of trying to have five receivers out there the whole time, um, which doesn't help us out in the protection scheme uh, part of the uh, play. So I just, you know, Blair was critical of the Cardinals earlier in the year. A lot like the old head of the NFL. They were very reluctant to give Cliff Kingsbury because of his path to the to the Cardinals any credit. And that's rightfully so. Good old boy locker room. It's the locker room that any other man in this league has to go through to be to gain his notoriety and credibility in this league. So I was willing to let him do that. I feel like he's starting to do that. Because Earlier in the year, Flair, very critical. Every week he's been like, look, I'm giving my, I'm starting to come around. He said, do I think that Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense can last 20 years in the NFL? This is today he said that. Do I think these gimmicky offenses are made for the NFL 20 years? No. The traditional offense is always going to dominate the NFL for the long term. But he goes, five years with it? Six, seven years with the right athletes in your system, and can you go to? Can you get a good stretch of winning? He goes, look at what's happening in, with the Chiefs and all of these other little offenses that are gimmicky and have and are and are, so, like you think the Ravens are going to win, keep that style of offense for 20 years? Probably not. But the three to five years, maybe Lamar Jackson's career. Yeah. And that's what he's saying, and that's what I'm looking at with the Cardinals. He goes, I think that if they keep this up. Add off at the players that they need with all that money they have to spend. He goes, they could be a threat in the next couple of years. So that's what I'm looking at. I'm not trying to be like, oh, we're ready to win this year, but to be able to improve every week, that's a lot better than what we saw last year, Lauren. I agree. Um, so looking forward to Sunday. How, how do you feel about the Saints game on Sunday? I feel like it's a tough game for us. Um, the Saints are getting healthy, regardless if, this, if Drew Brees plays or not. It almost would be smarter to sit Drew Brees, and I'm not saying that as a Cardinals fan. I'm saying that as a Saints. If I was a Saints brain trust, I would think I would sit Drew Brees going into the bye and give him one extra week to be ready and game plan for the next game to start. Teddy Bridgewater is hot. The team is hot. They're at home. They're deep. And... I can't remember all the, the stats that I was told on the air today, 
but like their defense their pass defense is in the top 10 their rush defense is in the top 10 oh i can i can give them to you right now because i have them Mm -hmm. actually right in front of me (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh first of all the points per game y'all both are averaging 23 points a game so y'all dead even right there but on the points allowed you know y'all are giving up 27 they're giving up 21 so you're gonna have to find a way to you know take away seven points that y'all are giving up so I'm thinking mm-hmm. that you're going to have to create turnovers. The pass rush is going to have to cause a turnover. Just like mm-hmm. like you said, Patrick Peterson makes a big difference on that defense now. So you can take one side of the field away and concentrate on the other half and throw different schemes, you know. But we don't see, we don't really know who's going to play it yet. We know we got to wait to see if Drew Brees is going to be cleared to play or if y'all get Teddy Bridgewater. So I think that's going to make really a difference. I don't think it matters. I think it more more matters of their complex, their playmakers. Who, like I heard Kamara didn't practice today. Yeah, uh, that's a big deal if he doesn't play. I feel like they're covered at quarterback. They're not worried about being able to quarterback their team. They're more worried about the rest of their. Like for me, it's about matchups elsewhere out on the field. Kicks against Kamara, Peterson against their their, their number one receiver, and that fool has been showing his ass out. He's on pace to break all kinds of records this year. In the receiving uh, category, and I'm and, and I'm just saying, it doesn't look like this is a win for us. I'm more looking at it as a cardinal from a cardinal's perspective, not to go out there and embarrass yourself, kind of like what we did against the Ravens. Be close in the game and give yourself a, a chance to win at the end, because that's all you can really hope for in this game as a young team with holes as many holes as they have. The matchups just don't favor us. <clears throat> They're deeper. They're um, more. They have more talent on their team right now. They're a bit more of a seasoned veteran team. They're ready to win right now, bro. Um, and they're getting healthy right now, and they're playing well. I just, I'm hoping for us to show up on film and not get blown out. That's what I'm hoping for. Another body check game for us. Well, the strength of your offense is the run game. You're averaging 127 yards a game. But the Saints are only giving them 90. So that's going to be the key right there. They're going to neutralize y'all rush. And y'all going to have to make Kyler Murray. They're going to want Kyler Murray to beat them. And I think that's going to be the game plan for the Saints. The other thing is we're working on a short week going into next week. We're the Thursday night game for Halloween against the Niners. I don't think David Johnson... I mean, I'd be surprised if David Johnson plays. They just signed Alfred Morris and... Zane's in deck. Uh-huh. Speaking of David Johnson, um, what do you think about Chase Ed- Edwards taking that position? He's only like 12 yards behind him as far as rushing yards. I think I mentioned this earlier. I think going forward in the, for the rest of the season, you get David Johnson healthy and you got a good dual back, uh, dual back offense that you can utilize. David Johnson's still a talented dude. I think that he, at this point, when you look at the trajectory of a running back, he might be on the tail end of his best years, but he's still talented out of the backfield as a, ca- a pass catcher. He creates mismatches with the other team's linebackers. He can beat them in those type of ways, and he still can get you to tough two to three yards where Chase Edmonds might not be on the field. I think every once in a while he'll have bread better games than others, but I like the, I like the dual back system. If you look around the league, there's not too many offenses that are just featuring one back and they don't need anybody else. It's a it's a it's a position by committee, and I'm cool with that being the case. It's like a one-two punch, and they both have different running styles. I 
to me, Chase hit the hole like David did hit the hole back in the day before some of his injuries and life-changing moments. David's got the same running back that he once was. He's still a talented guy, though. If you look at his um, total yards per game as far as passing and test, uh, rushing the game, yards, he's over the 100 every year, week, and he's on, he's one of the team leaders in touchdowns, so it's not like he's not putting up numbers. He's just not... Uh, Gonna, I don't think you're going to rely on him for to carry the bulk load of the rushing attack anymore. It might be split down the middle or or more hedging towards Chase because he does look like the better running back right now and he is averaging more per carry. And I'm good with that. 5.6 to be exact. That's what's up. I mean, I'm, I'm not mad at that type of, a, type of a, uh, thought process going forward. Okay. Well, just to let you know, I am going to take the Saints. So, of course. I mean, you know, so am I. Any smart, smart person would. I th- I'm taking the Saints, but I wouldn't be mad if the Cardinals put out a victory. It just doesn't look likely. Yeah, but likely the fact that you mentioned that at least they're trending upward is the most mm-hmm. important thing coming to the season, as you mentioned and earlier. You want, and you want to come out of this game feeling like you're still moving in the right direction and that's what I'm really speaking of when I'm talking about there when I'm as me looking at the game I'm sure that every player in that locker room is saying they want to win they want to win but they also want to come out of that game feeling good about the effort that was just given and not questioning what 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 we didn't do do right or are we moving in the right direction you want to continue moving towards what I continue or, or what I believe to be a um, a feel good season going into next season you know where you have a lot of momentum on your side. And that's what this is all about, in my opinion. Putting wins and losses together that make you feel good about the direction of your team, the 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 uh, system that you're in, and the players that are in it with you. So that's what I believe, that their, their goals should be coming out of this game, going into this game and coming out of it. They have a tough matchup next week against the Niners, bro. And if they sit David and he comes back ready to play against the Niners, that gives him a chance on a short week to have a rest of David Johnson and go into that game with a chance to play well and win against a division opponent. They don't have to win both of these things. They just have to win one of them. No doubt. We'll see what happens, man. But um, I want to transition a little bit. This, we haven't got a chance to talk about the NBA as far as what our preseason projections would be. Um, how did you feel about last night, Lakers uh, Clippers game to open up the season? Bro, I already broke broke this down to you a little bit earlier. I think I think the Clippers. First of all, it was a good. It felt like playoff basketball last night. That was a good. That was a good moment for the NBA to start the season. The first game wasn't. It was okay. It wasn't like the second game. It didn't have the hype. It 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 met it met all of that and then some as far as the hype. My thoughts after the game and watching it, I'm not going to break it down too, too deep from numbers and everything. Obviously, the Stars put up some decent numbers, but I just don't see the Lakers being the better of the two teams. I had already said it. I think that the Clippers were the better of the two just because they are a better two. They, they have players that play both sides of the court and not just one or two, but three and four. Like all NBA type guys that can get after it and put, and put hands on somebody and work you on the defensive side of the ball and then still get put in work on the other side of the court. They have guys that can do that for you and they're deep as far as offensive ways get at you. 
with good, bright players for the future. Um, my thoughts after that is that I don't see a lot of teams that are going to be able to mess with the Clippers this year. Barring injuries and some trades and maneuvers right now, I just looking at the Clippers, I think the league is in for some Kawhi looks, Kawhi looks, Kawhi was on point last night. I, what did he end up with, Lawrence? 28? 30. 30? Yeah. He was a monster all night long, all the way down the stretch. Yeah, he was. And, um, I, have, I don't think the Lakers are deep enough. They're, they're not deep. Uh, the Clippers, they, they're more tenacious. They're more deeper. They're younger. They're more athletic. And they're better coached at this point. Yeah, they're better coached. And they pretty much have a chip on their shoulder. Like, mm-hmm. the attitude that Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell has, like, they're like dogs, man. You let them out the cage, they're going to fight and scrap to the end, no matter who it is, no matter what the challenge presents. I agree, and then you mix in the fact that they were talking this is a battle for LA, and it, I don't care what the crowd said last night. Lakers fans can will over bravado the moment. They're the Lakers. I, you know, I've talked about this with you for years, Lawrence. What does that mean if you're not winning? If you say you're the Lakers, that means that you're saying, "Oh, we win and we do this." It has been a while since I've seen the Lakers championship for one, two. Laker fans are just going to try to over-maneuver, over-whip, or over-abandon the situation. Yeah, they're going to win that moment. I still think that the city's true identity is going to be up for grabs. As far as who's the best team, the Clippers have a chance to really be that team. Um, The Lakers aren't there yet as far as the roster that I see right now. I know they don't, we talked about this too. There's injuries to Kuzma, there's injuries to Rondo. That will put people back in their natural position, kind of like what we were talking about in football. And that does matter, and that's a big deal. But right now, I'm looking at the bench, too. I also mentioned this earlier, the system being as it is. The Lakers are starting from new with the new coach in Vogel and assistant David, or excuse me, uh, Jason Kidd. Um, and Doc Rivers has been doing what he's doing with his system already. With the lesser players that are already... Uh, uh, accustomed to utilizing it and winning at a high level and it without without stars and they just added two big heavy hitters to that lineup again they could play both sides of the court and they, it seems like the franchise is willing to work with these guys keep them fresh for the biggest moments and that's what I feel like because the Lakers don't have the luxury of right now they're going to have to ride their big hogs to be the best team that they're claiming to be yeah and, um, and the Clippers are not going to have to do that. Well, speaking of that, let, let's talk about the standings. What, what do you think the projections of how the standings are going to end for us? Do you give the Clippers the first seed in the West when the season ends? Number one are seed? Are we talking about our, our initial projections? Because, yeah, I think right now if I was to just make, a, make an educated guess on who's going to be the number one seed out of the West, I think the Clippers have a good chance to be that seed. Um, Denver's in that category. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's go down the list. Hold on. Let, let's start with the Clippers because they had 48 wins last year. So do you think mm-hmm. that they can add 10 wins with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to go to 58, number one in the, in the West this year? I, I can see that happening. Okay. I can see that happening. Okay. So I, I agree. I have 58 wins for the Clippers, number one seed in the West. Number two, I have the Rockets. I have, I think, Russell Westbrook 
we had 53 wins last year with just James Harden scoring almost 40 points a game, you know? So I think Russell Westbrook can give us at least four more wins to take us to 57. So we'll have at least 57 wins on the season, which is good enough for a second seed. Mm -hmm. And the third seed, I'm going to have to throw Portland in there, man. Uh, They had 53 wins just like us last year. And... You know, the addition, a lot of people don't remember that. They picked up Paul Gasol and Whiteside. You know, so they have some legitimate paint presence now to go along with C.J. Collum and Damian Litter. And I haven't seen Paul Gasol in a minute, though, brother. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. I just need Paul to I, put in that work. I got you. But we also know that Nurkic broke his leg, so he's coming back, too. So I'm not saying Paul's going to start. I'm just talking about giving minutes off the bench. Mm-hmm. quality bench minutes along with um, Whiteside. You see what I'm saying? So, and Rodney Hood, you know, he's a perimeter player. He, he's good for a good 15 now and then. So, I think Portland is still going to be in that top tier of the West and I'm giving them 53 wins as well. I mean, 55. So I'm gonna, what range are you thinking they're falling in? Like four or five? I'm going to give them there? the third seed. I'm going to give them the third seed. I'm going to give them two more wins to go to 55 wins this year. Words. Okay, finish out your list then. Okay, that's number four seed. I'm going to have to throw Utah in there, considering the additions that they got. They got a seasoned veteran in Mike Conley that can run the point, take pressure off Donovan Mitchell. That way he can truly be himself and don't have to worry about initiating and trying to run the offense. And they picked up Bogdanovich, too, which is a sleeper free agent pickup because Bogdanovich can give you 20 on a good night. I'm not saying he's going to average 20, but he's a stretch four. Bring the defense out, open up that paint. You see what I'm saying? And then they still got Ingles who can shoot. And, of course, they got Rudy Gobert as their rim protector. So I think Utah is going to be definitely – I give them five more wins with the, with the additions of Mike Conley and Bogdanovich. They had 50 last year, so that's 55 wins. That's good enough for the fourth seed in the in the West. And then the number fifth seed, I'm going to have to go with Denver. Considering how they did last year, they had 54 wins last year, and they were the second seed. So they, their roster hasn't changed. And I think they added um, a, a key addition. I can't remember offhand. I might can go to it right now while I'm talking to you, but... I just I think believe the addition was just through health, getting healthy with the Michael Porter. Oh yeah, Michael. he has been out, huh? Yeah, he was out. He was one of the rookies that they drafted. If you remember his story, he just has had back issues, I believe, back or shoulder issues. Um, at the tail end of his college career, which was a one and done season, and um, it never really got going. But he was a projected high lottery draft pick. He just has injuries that kind of derail that, but he's still a very talented player. And everybody's saying his preseason, what we've seen in preseason, looks to be a launch of a nice um, comeback story in his in his in his on his behalf. So um, I would say that they did add something, even though it doesn't look like anything through free agency or draft. Their pick. This was a sleeper of a pick last year that they had to just wait on, and it start now starting to bear, uh, bear some fruition for them. Well, I still think they're a young team, and I like their coach. He, he keeps his team accountable, and there's no major stars on that team. I know you're not, you got Jokic, who's an all NBA player, but far as that, there's no ego on that team. Everybody plays together, they buy into the system, and they play as a team. 
So I really like the chemistry that they have. So I'm going to keep them at the fifth seed. So I think they'll have 53 wins. I'll, I'll take one away. They had 54 last year. I'll take one away. Just the additions of the, of the Western Conference. Um, I'll just take, give them 53. At the sixth seed, I'm going to have to go with the Lakers. You know, I think the addition of Anthony Davis can get them at least, well, the healthy LeBron James too. Let's add that. A healthy LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I think can give them at least 15 more wins from 37 last year. So that'll get them to 52. So, Should a healthy LeBron James last year would have given them Lakers. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm not going to sell them short just because they didn't make the playoffs last year. I'm still going to give LeBron James his proper respect um, and Anthony Davis. But like you just said earlier, they need to get deeper. I think they need to get another playmaker and they need another shooter that LeBron can dish they out. They need to. another 3 and D guy. Yeah. Another game player. Because how long can he rely on Danny Green to give him 20 points a game? I, I don't think that's going to happen every game. So, Well, a lot of teams just have options in that in that category. I don't see the Lakers having that on their bench. They Even guys that are just sitting there and every once in a while can drop it for you. You know what I mean? There, there's teams that are going to have those options and the Lakers haven't filled that role yet. Um, I see too many... Being man, but it's just not deep enough yet. And I know injuries have a lot to do with that. So we'll wait and see what they look like when they get Kyle, Kyle back and um, Rondo back. That'll help out a little bit. But they still won't fix all of their shooting woes, which I was on full display last night. My opinion. I agree. So I'm gonna go with Golden State as the seventh seed. They had 57 wins last year, but of course we knew that they were loaded. They had KD. They had Clay. Uh, both of those players, KD's gone, and now Clay's hurt probably for the whole year, pretty much. So I'm going to subtract 10 wins from them for that reason alone. And I'm going to put them at 47 wins on the year, which is good enough for the seventh seed in the Western Conference. And my last team, I was fluctuating between two. I had Sacramento and Dallas. I think the key addition to Porzingis and uh, what's his name? Luka Doncic. I think they can yeah. they can they can make some noise. I'm not saying that they're just going to be a threat straight out the gate. I know it's going to get time to jail and learn each other, but I think that'll give them ten wins because they had 33 last year. I think a healthy Porzingis. It, it all depends on his health now. I think that him and Doncic, Nurkic. What's his name? Luka Doncic. I'm sorry. I think Luka they can give them ten wins. And that'll put them at 44. And then I got Sacramento at 44, too, because they picked up, I think, Trevor Reza, as well as their young backcourt, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Hill. So it just all depends on how that falls in that bottom half. But that's my standings right now. I got, let's go over it again. I got the Clippers. I got the Houston. I got Portland. I got Utah, Denver, Lakers, Golden State. Dallas or Sacramento as my Western Conference standings. Not bad list, brother. I probably wouldn't change it too much except a couple couple spots here and there. Okay. Now, how are we looking for is the East? Give me your projections on the East. I think that Milwaukee's the clear-cut favorite to be the number one seed, followed closely by the 76ers. Then I think you probably got your Boston. You probably got some newcomers at your four and five in Atlanta. 
I like the additions that they've done and some of the drafting that they've done with Trey, Trey Young. I feel like they can, they can make a jump and try to get in the playoff picture. Okay. Brooklyn, uh, I think Brooklyn, Brooklyn's in that mix. I don't know where their win totals are. I'm not as, I haven't done the homework as much as you have probably on this. But I think Brooklyn's in that mix somewhere in that area. Uh, they probably are in front of Atlanta. I'm saying that Atlanta's going to make it, though. I just don't know exactly where. Probably at the sixth or seventh seed, maybe, as a new, new team to the playoffs. Yeah, they could squeak in there. But, of course, I have Milwaukee, number one. 60 wins last year. Even though they did lose uh, Brogdon, who was a 50-40-90 guy, I don't think they'll fall off too much. Even if they don't get 60 wins, I'm pretty sure they'll be right at 55, you know, somewhere roughly around there. But I will give them... Still the number one seed. Yeah, I'll still give them number one seed. Um, It just depends on if Giannis can come back with a jump shot after this summer. Let's see if he worked on a little bit of his game. And see if he can. Uh, like it's a yeah, exactly. Because Toronto definitely neutralized him and exploited his weakness. So we'll see if he's, uh, you know, worked on his game throughout the summer. See if he can throw some at us in this new year. Um, second seed, I'm going to take Philadelphia, of course. The additions with Al Horford, um, you know, and, <laughs> and, it, and it really depends on the health of Joel Embiid. I think Philly needs to really manage his minutes right so he can be healthy for the postseason. And I think their championship aspirations thrive on Ben Simmons making a jumper. I mean, he can't be hesitant. He has to go out there and be confident in his jump shot. And I think that's the only thing that's hindering them from being a true championship contender. Because they got all the tools. They got they, they signed Tobias Harris again, gave him a big contract. So they got the, the players to make it happen, especially in the Eastern Conference. We already know it's weak as, you know, as we see. So I don't see them having no issues if all those things fall into place. So I'll put Philly at two. I'll take Boston at the three. Kimba Walker edition. Um, Jalen Brown just got a big contract. Jason Tatum still is consistent in his play. Um, I'm going to take four. I'm going to take Indiana. Um, Oladipo's coming back. Team I forgot. Yeah, Oladipo. He's coming back from injury this year. So I think he's going to want to get back to that all-star, all-NBA type player as well because Oladipo plays both sides of the court. He plays offense and defense. So I'm definitely going to take them at the fourth seed of the East. Um, I'm going to take Brooklyn with the fifth. I know Kyrie doesn't have his counterpart right now, Kevin Durant, but I think he can pretty much hold it down as far as being consistent with his play and get his teammates involved and run that offense. And this is what he wanted. You know, he has no excuse now. So we want to see you come out and do your job, Kali. You want to be the leader of a team? Let's see you be the leader. Let, let's show. Show us what you made of. Don't start crying. Don't start crying about you need more talent now. Exactly. Um, after that, six seed, I might go to Orlando or Detroit. It just depends. I mean, Orlando, you know, they've been at the bottom half for years. And Detroit, you know, they, they got... Yeah, they got the addition to uh, Blake Griffin. I think Joe Johnson signed with the team, and I think they have... Um, he, was just, he just was released, though, the other day, though. Oh, he friend. was? Yes, he just released him, my friend. Wow, okay, I didn't know that. But they do have Derrick Rose, too, right? Detroit signed Derrick Rose this summer? He still is on the roster. Yeah, okay. Okay, well, Derrick Rose, Blake Griffin, you know, that's, that's a pretty legitimate, you know, tandem that they could throw out there. Those guys have proven to be all-stars in, in, you know, in their careers, so... It's just all about them being healthy. I think Blake Griffin's out again right now with a knee issue. So his 
his issue is just being healthy. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. I just, I just, when I look at that Detroit roster, unfortunately, I don't think it's enough to contend in it, even the East. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, we know. So that'll, that'll pretty much, you know, take care of that. So, uh, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the NBA season, man. Waiting on the Rockets. We play tomorrow night against Milwaukee, our home opener down here at Toyota Center. So you know I will be there. Uh, the last three, yeah, the last three MVPs are playing tomorrow night. You know, Westbrook, Harden, and Giannis. So it's going to be an interesting game. We're going to see uh, see how Russell Westbrook fits into this chemistry. I, I'm definitely going to see how D'Antoni rotation, how he has his rotation going. And let's see what he can come up with. You know, a lot of things depended on D'Antoni this year. Uh, I think the owner wants to keep him. I just think he has to prove himself that he can be a legitimate coach and hold his team accountable instead of being just a an encourager and a, and a clapper, you know, sort of like Jason Garrett. You know, I, I, I kind of look at D'Antoni like Jason Garrett a little bit, just a cheerleader, supposed to holding your team accountable. And... I don't see too many moves that D'Antoni are back. He doesn't have too many moves in his bag to trick, man. Yeah. He just is kind of like consistent with the same routine, so. Yeah, I agree 100%. But we'll see We'll see how it works, man. I'm excited about the season. Um, we've got a lot of parity in the West. And we'll see how it turns out, man. So, um, you know, any other thoughts on the, as far as the NBA season you're looking forward to? No, I, I, I'm looking to I'm looking forward to a really competitive season where there's not too many clear cut favorites. For once, we got matchups that are going to be fun to watch and uh, play out instead of knowing who's going to be in the finals or at least the conference finals and kind of feeling it out from there. I, I like what's going on now um, in the NBA, and uh, it's going to be a good season. I feel like in a lot of ways, the West is going to it's the, the best it's ever been. Um, watching the TNT last night, I think the whole panel said they agreed and said as much. So um, it's, it'll be fun to watch it shake out in the West and the East. It'll be fun to see some of the new blood, some of the new players take over and try to carve out, cut their teeth and cut their gums and uh, see what they can do. So yeah, man, um, I'm, I'm excited like yourself. I know that you got the back backseat show, and I'll be looking to hear forward to hearing all of your uh, stories that you got to give. No doubt. You know, I'm going to be there getting my insight, interviewing the players, getting the content, putting it on my platform, you know. So, we know about California. Speaking of California, you you know I was going to call you and give your thoughts about the Laker-Clipper game last night, man. Well, give me your insight. What would you look at? What would you see? Uh-huh. Lakers ain't gonna, they don't have enough, man. Ball's gonna need perimeter help. Just, um, he's gonna have to do too much, man. Nobody else, I was just talking to one of my guys I work with, <laughs> excuse me, that he's only, this This would be the only time that if he's legitimately chasing the chip, that he'll be the only permanent playmaker offensively. He had Wade, he had Kyrie. We don't have that here in LA. He's gonna have to do too much, man. And um, he needs some help. And I, I, we just look old, man. We look slow, quicker, look quicker to the ball. Getting up and down on the floor, and it's just they have to do too much. And AD's got to be, AD was getting pushed around yesterday, man, for the most part. Second, third, and fourth quarter. He didn't score in the fourth. He's just a lot of bad signs, man, but I won't react. Yeah, I, I wouldn't overreact to one game as well. 
Um, we already know what the Clippers had to offer last year. And if you add two All-NBA players to that team, I mean, of course, they're going to be dynamic. And Doc Rivers is a better coach, in my opinion. And I just think he out-coached he out Vogel, pretty much. And like you said, they're going to need another perimeter score. And I think they're going to need another stretch because I don't think LeBron can rely on Danny Green to give him 20 on a consistent night. Somebody else is going to have to pick up that slack and um, be, a, be a sniper for LeBron, you know? Because when they throw it down to AD, it seems like it slows down the offense. You know, he's trying to feed him, and I think he's taken away from his, uh, you know, game plan for us, like being a distributor, you know, facilitating and things like that. But um, do you think LeBron can run the point or, or only in certain situations? How you feel about him being the primary ball handler? Well, of course he can. I mean, I have no problem with that. I just don't think he carries the load, bro, all season and through the playoffs against his team. You got to keep in mind, he's going to have to... He's gonna have he's gonna have guys coming at him. He's gonna have they're gonna throw multiple guys at him to where he's basically he's working hard on both teams. I'm saying, yeah. He he, he might because he, he comes off the game yesterday, but there's nobody else. Everybody's looking around like, okay, do I run the pick and roll? Do I run the pick and roll? Man, it's not gonna be good enough. Green, Bradley, Rondo, Kincaidus. I mean, you name it. I mean, those guys aren't gonna be good enough, man. We need somebody that can put the ball in the and make plays from stuff or others. Okay. Somebody consistently. You think the um with the additions of Kuzma and Rondo coming back, do you think that'll be pick up the slack a little bit? No, oh, yeah, that'll pick up the slack. But Kuz, we'll see. We'll, we'll see how what, what step he, he's taking. I still think his rookie year was better than last year. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was that was without Brown because he was able to be more aggressive. He was an absolute best last year. And then Rondo, uh, actually, I said I still don't know what that is yet. I mean, he's not a playmaker like he used to be in his Boston days or even. Even when he played with uh, New Orleans. He's not, he's, he's, not, excuse me, he's, not, he's not that guy, man. He's just, I mean, he's, he's a different sort of I'm talking about a, a, a playmaker, man. Go get yourself a shot and get somebody else a shot. I just thought, well, Ronald's not that guy, man. We need, we, we need somebody else. Other teams can take a strike there. And I just, I just don't see it, man. Honestly. Too much of a load on Brock. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens throughout the season, man. It's, you know, it's a long season, and uh, maybe they'll make a move. Get some, you know, get a key player out there that can, you know, put up a fight because last night the Clippers came to play. They were more tenacious, you know, like some dogs out there. You know, they're ready to come bite, and they're, they're, they're accepting the challenge of this L.A., who, who's the king of L.A., and they're not backing down at all. And this was all without Paul George. So once you add him to the lineup, that's another 20-point score. That you're adding to, to to an already, you know, ready-made team. So right. we'll see what happens, man. I mean, I'm, I've already picked the Clippers to be the number one seed in the West. I got the Clippers. I got the Rockets right behind them. I got Utah, Portland. That's my four. And then I got the Lakers around maybe six, five or six. You know, I still got Golden State in there, seven, six. So we'll just see how the standings land. But I definitely. I think okay. the Clippers are the better team right now because of the defense and the coaching. I mean, without question, man. I mean, I mean, everything you said, but just sums up, man. They got a foundation. Lakers don't have no damn foundation. I keep trying to tell everybody that, and it starts from the top. The Clippers have the foundation. When you step on the floor, you know what they're going to bring to the table. It starts with and it starts with Bomber down to Lawrence Trank, down to Dot, down to. Pat Bev and those other guys, man. They got a foundation. 
We can't even tell you who runs our front office. That's how bad it is for us, man. I mean, yeah, the AD's gonna cover up a lot of stuff, but we still got a long way to go, man. But the average fan don't get that. They see two, they see two players that can play. But number one, uh, one of our our, our leader, who should be our leader, is gonna be 35 in December, bro. Yeah. And he can't take no time off. <laughs> Think about that for a second. He's gonna 35, and he can't take, he can't take no games off. Man. Ain't no low management out this way, bro. So, um, I mean, like I said, we'll see what happens, man. It's just a lot of pressure on him. We're asking a lot of him. We're asking a lot. Well, let me... Uh, Everybody keeps saying shooters, shooters. I was never on that mindset. I mean, I've talked to you for a while. You know, I've never said... I've always been about what? Versatility, right? Yeah. Making a play. That's why I don't want to get... Right. That's what... Guys that can do multiple things, play on both ends, switch multiple... Play multiple positions. And, you know, that was versatility, man. That's that's what it's going to come down to. You keep saying shooters, but... To me, I mean, Brock has to make every play to get those guys shot. And that's what it came down to last night. Danny Green did his thing, but... Yeah, I feel you. Put the ground, ball on ground. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we need versatility, man. Yeah, a player that can dribble, pass, and shoot. So, right. Like you guys, Houston, Clippers. Man, we're, the only, we're the only team with legitimate contenders out of the eight or nine who have a chance to win it all with one playmaker with the ball on the ground. Only one. You can't give me anybody else. But the only, the only team with one player confirmed. Houston got two. Utah got two. Clippers got multiple. Milwaukee has two. I mean, let's go. Let's go on and on. I mean, I mean, you name it, man. Honestly, yeah. The only team out there with, with, with one perimeter playmaker, and I just don't think that it's gonna be good enough. We gotta do something. Okay, well, you're out there in the city. Give me, give me the uh, the, the vibe of the city. You know, who, who who are people you know excited about? Is it is it an even balance or tell me what's going on in the city? <laughs> well, it's all it's always it's always like the town, man. But the Clippers, the Clippers fan have something to be excited about, bro. They got they got they got legitimate shot. Um, but the city's going you know they always gonna rule for the Lakers. But you got Lakers fans who root against the Clippers. And I'm not like that. The Clippers play hard to get after it, especially after covering them last year. I don't root against them. I mean, I'm still a Lakers fan at heart, but. If the Clippers were to take it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel no type of way. Yeah. I, I, would, I would feel like they, they earned it. They yeah. earned, and I'm pretty sure they earned a lot of people's respect doing what they did last year to go to state, man. Honestly. Yeah. yeah, and I can respect that coming from you, man. That's why I vibe with you, because you're a realistic fan. You're not fan dumb to where believe in all the hype. You know, you're realistic. You evaluate your team. And you see where they're at, you know? You're not a band rider, and, I, and that's what I respect about you. Even though you're a Laker fan, you're going to give the props to the Clippers if they're a better team. So, appreciate, appreciate it no about doubt. you. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, man. Anytime. But like I said, we're going to be chopping it up throughout the season, you know, giving us our insight because I got the Rockets Thursday night. I'll be at the game covering the game. Um, okay. Milwaukee, right? Yeah, Milwaukee. Battle of the MVPs, okay. you know? The last three MVPs right. on the court Thursday night. In Toyota Center, so we'll see what happens. I think, um, I, I think, I think um, I, I'm adding like at least five or six more wins. The fact that Russell Westbrook's on our team, so we had 53 last year. I'm gonna say we're gonna win by 56, 57 wins this year. So I'm looking, I'm looking at right, right below the Clippers. I'm thinking the Clippers probably made by 58. It depends on their load management too, because we already know uh, Kawhi Leonard's going to take some games off, and Paul George, you know, he's coming out soldier surgery, so he ain't gonna be back for a minute. So it just depends on how they manage those minutes um, throughout the season. But I'm excited, man. It's right. Western Conference. The duos are back. It's pretty stacked from one to eight. So I'm ready to get into it, man. So 
Just want to just want to yeah. talk to you, get you get your uh, get your vibe, see what you're feeling, see what you're thinking about for us the season. That's all. No doubt, no doubt, no, bro. I appreciate, I appreciate the call. Like I said, I mean, it's I'm excited to see what Houston gonna do, man. Two LA guys, um, Russ and, and, and James. I mean, obviously, I know James personally. That's my guy. And those guys, and that the relationship between those guys is real, man. People just think, oh, they're just two. That's not, no, those guys, they were close out here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, obviously, even though James was the Arizona State and Russ went to UCLA, I mean, they're close, man. It's just D'Antoni has a. That's why they. That's why they pay him, man. That's why Daryl Murray. Daryl Murray chose him to be the coach, and that's why they pay him. They got to make it work. I mean, that Gerald Green loss is huge for you guys, like huge, but don't have an impact because there's length the size you can knock down shots you can get up and down with James James Russ play with pace mm-hmm. and that's what Dan Tony the other guys to run with him that's why that's what Capella's a good fit um PJ, PJ Tucker's gonna do what he does I mean Houston's gonna be solid man I mean because you guys you guys have a lot of versatility I just think Eric Gordon is gonna be the one that's gonna honestly I, I won't be surprised if they end up trading him this year man honestly if you guys can get some versatility on the perimeter back I wouldn't be mad at that honestly yeah, I, I mean, mean I like Aaron He just he can't have a ball in his hands. James, when they're both on the floor, it's gonna go those two guys, and obviously D'Antoni's gonna be one of those guys on the floor. Let's start. You know, and Aaron Gordon, he's a solid player. I mean, he gets the ball on the ground, he can get his own shot. Yeah, I, mean, I can't win a championship if he's my number one, but I think he's a solid number two. But he can't be that on your team. So exactly, if you guys, yeah, so y'all, so y'all might have to get some some more versatility in the format. Tucker can't guard everybody. Um, we lost Green, obviously. I don't believe in Ben McLemore. Um, who else you guys have on the perimeter? Um, who else you got? I know you got Macklemore, you got Tucker. I'm talking about your perimeter guy outside of James. Oh, we got uh, Austin and, uh, Rivers. And yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. He's another guy who needs the ball in his hands too. So, mm-hmm. so I mean, you guys, you guys might have to go get some guy. I'm talking about like Gerald Green type guy. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Down. And um, good, good length. Yeah, Eric Gordon's a tradable piece, so I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mari pulls a trigger on that. Yeah, because yeah, he's man, always looking. No, no, I was going to say he's always looking to improve the team. So I definitely wouldn't right. be surprised if he shake it up a little bit. Because I do believe right. that the right. team we have now, we're not going to go into the playoffs with this team. We're going to have some key key additions, some buyouts, you know, free agents, things like that that we can right. get away from a team. Because I really feel this is our window, and. You know, Harden, Harden, Westbrook, young man. They're 30, 29, 30 years old. So this is their prime right now. It's time to take advantage of it. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, and I think that I think that Tyson Chandler is a piece of the day for you guys too. Now, Capella is not the only big guy you guys have on mm-hmm. the floor. Yeah. Um, and Tyson you can still get up and down the floor. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, Daryl Moore is not gonna give away Eric for nobody. Just for some some picks, but he's, he's gonna get somebody back that can help you guys now. So, I mean, we'll see what happens, man. Um, Daryl Moore, Moore is always willing to uh, make moves, so. I think particularly making make some moves. But he's going to see how it plays out. I mean, you guys can tell. You can tell what you can do within the first quarter of the season, man. What you're going to need, what you're not going to need. You know, they need to come play off time. You ain't looking at the regular season, man. You guys will be there at the end. What's time to go up against the, the Clippers, the, 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 uh, the, the Jazz, those type, of thing, those type of teams. You're going to need some... Uh, Guys that can help help those help those guys on the perimeter. No doubt, I so we'll agree see. with you. So we'll see. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Man, I'm, I'm I'm excited. Honestly, I really I like to see guys compete, man. I love it. Yeah, I love it. I love it too, I, man. You know, we'll, 
<laughs> no doubt. Another thing too, man. The Lakers fans I hear that boring a lot, man. Anybody who hoops or who actually likes watching competition, why the hell would you want to see Kawhi pair up with us anyway, man? I don't understand that. I want to see guys get active. I don't want to see everybody playing on the same damn team. I, I just, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't get that. I, I understand why you want them, but I want to see guys compete, get after it. Yeah. And it's funny, because I'm listening to Stephen A. today, and he was like, oh, you know, if you had Kawhi and all this stuff, and I'm like, Kawhi was never coming here. No, I, I, don't, I think I told you that when you asked about that. Kawhi was never coming here with Bron being here. That was just, what, what did they call that? That was the smoke. Yeah, that was a smoke screen. <laughs> smoke screen, right. Smoke screen, that's what I'm looking for. But he was never coming here, man. As long as Bron, if Bron was in Rose, if Bron never saw here, yes, yeah, but he was, he was never coming here, man. That's, that guy wants to compete, man. He, he wants to build his own legacy. He ain't coming here to play second field, so a guy he's better than. I told you, I was in mindset. I'd have traded Davis from the ball last year. Everybody thought I was crazy. Whatever. I still feel that way today, man. But. Well, that ain't going to happen. Time we'll tell, You're going to have to ride with your team right. that you got. You know, you got two All-NBA right. players over there. So they're going to have to figure it out because the expectations are high, especially with LeBron. Because he's going to have to win a championship with the Lakers. Because every player that's been an all-NBA player on that team has won a championship. Bottom line. All right. So, uh, well, that's the thing. I don't think, I don't think LeBron will ever be. I don't think he'll be all-NBA again in his career. Well, yeah, he will. He will. He just won't be first team. He's still going to make right. it, in my opinion. He may make the third the team. Yeah, he may make the second or third. But he ain't, he, he, okay. it's going to be hard for him to make first now. I agree with you on that. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, this guy. I mean, here, just remember, no KD this year too. So that's, that's a spot that's coming out. Yeah, but Kawhi yeah, added to, but Kawhi added to that spot. <laughs> that is, yeah, yeah. You see well, what I Kawhi for the last for the last two or three years. I thought Kawhi was better than Brock. I'll just take it, man. I, he just he just so many things, man. He's so efficient. He plays with pace all the time, and you know he he doesn't cover all the antics, man. And it seems like he, he knows how to defend LeBron. Like man, you you have the, the size, the, the athletic ability, the the footwork, the lateral the, the, the lateral foot speed, his strength, the size of his hands, his arm length, his height. I mean, you, you pair all that, bro. I mean, there's, there's nobody like him on the perimeter, man. Defensively, Bron Bron wants no parts of him. And now, and now that he can score a ball too, that even strikes more fear in the in, in the Bronx. Yeah, I, you know, I, I true. Like, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Yeah, well, well, if you like me, I'm, you're like me. You listen to uh, uh, Charles and uh, Kenny and Shaq about the game, and Kenny was saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the one guy. It's the first time I've ever seen somebody slow Bron down, and they just neutralized him from start to finish. Like Bron wasn't able to get to do a spot and. And all that stuff and the stuff he's, he's accustomed to doing, man. Because Kawhi can defend him one on one, which obviously you pair him with guys that are like Pat and Montrez who will help, but one on one, man, Kawhi says he don't need no help against Bron. So you got to keep my Bron's on the threat offensively from 24 feet, 20 plus feet consistent because he don't believe in his jump shot. Bron don't even believe in his jump shot, so it makes him that much easier to defend in my team. If he makes 10 straight jump shots, I still don't think Kawhi would overreact. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's not his game. He wants to bully you, try to beat you with his first step, get to the rim. But his first step's not there no more, man. Especially late, especially late in the game. The start of the game, yeah, we good. Come second, third, fourth quarter, we get later in the season, man. He going he's gonna start to slow down because his, his usage rate will be so high. We don't have nobody else. Yeah, I agree. So the question is, is that who's going to be the first player? 
to get three finals MVPs with three different teams? That's the question. Because both of those players are, you know, in a position to do that. So I'm looking forward yeah. to see how that how that how that story unfolds, you know? Because one of them is gonna do it. It just depends on who's gonna do it first. I well, I, well me per well, well to be honest with you, if the Lakers we were to get there, I don't think LeBron would be the MVP. He wouldn't be the reason why I win. I, I think it'd be because of Anthony Davis. Cause he, cause he, he's gonna have the impact on both ends. He's gonna give you 20, 20 plus and ten plus points, but he's gonna give you the blocks, the the, the rim protector, the the steals. He's gonna give you everything. So honestly, I, I just I don't see Brown being a final MVP anymore, man. I just don't see it. Mm. I truly don't see it. Wow. He's still, he's still one of the best, but he's not that guy anymore. What I'm telling y'all that for the last two years. What about regular season MVP? That's out the question too. Uh, no. Nah, I mean, I mean, when you're a Lakers fan, we don't really care about that, man. <laughs> what you gonna do with us come April, May, and June? Straight up. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to, man. Like Kobe said, man, man you throw narratives out the window, man. What you gonna do? Uh, no, no, what you gonna do come playoff time, man? It's about, it's about chips. Uh, you, you have all the, he has all the accolades, man. He's an Olympic, he's an Olympic champion. 10, 10, 12 time, 15 time, first team, man. I mean, none of that matters. How many chips you gonna win from here on out? None of that stuff should matter to Brown, man. Hey. And we'll end it with that. Hey, you're right. You're right. And we're going to end it with that, man. And there you have it. So that's going to wrap it up for this NBA session. want to thank Roshim AZ for chopping it up with me. Also want to thank Chris from LA spending time with me, you know, talk about the state of his California team, Lakers and Clippers. So we're going to get back at y'all. On Friday, you know, I do my NFL picks for the week. We got week eight coming up, so definitely going to have me and my boy Mardets on the line to give y'all the picks and the spreads and all the analysis of who we feel is going to win this week in the NFL week eight. So until then, appreciate the time, appreciate the love. Y'all listen to Raw Words Podcast, and I'm out. What's up, baby? What it do, baby? Yeah, you already know. Hey sports fans, if you enjoy watching football, want a chance to win some money, how about you join PoolHost.com, the website that you can pick every NFL game of the week, pick the winners of all the teams with a $10 pay-in every week, and have a chance to win the big prize. All you have to do, create an account at PoolHost.com. Log in, go to the Pools Tools menu, and choose Join a Private Pool. Then you choose Pro Football Pick'em. To join the pool, you need to enter the pool ID, which is 34927. The pool password is 1234567. Once you log in, you pick the private group Black, and then you begin to pick all the winners that you feel are going to win the game. Every week, there's a first place winner and a second place winner. So it's not too late to join up. See if you can win the grand prize at the end of the week. Once again, 
poolhost.com. Log into the pool tools menu and choose private pool. Choose the pro football picker. Enter the ID 34927. Password 1234567. And join Black. They have a chance to win the grand prize. Good luck and hope you win some money. <laughs>